Hello, and welcome to episode 229 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. A warm welcome to Mark VK and Roy F. to The Modern Manager community. Becoming a member is the best place to connect with me and other managers who are also striving to develop their management skills. We have a private Slack group, extended podcast interviews, and special guest offers all designed to help you solve your management challenges and become an even better boss. Learn more at themodernmanager.com slash join. Today's guest is Joel Green. Joel is CEO of Pro Level Training, the national director of Nike Sports Camps, a former professional basketball player, and a renowned motivational speaker. Joel has developed a reputation for personal excellence and motivational talks that contribute tangible advice for attaining desired goals. Many of the messages he has delivered are conveyed in his first book, Filtering, The Way to Extract Strength from Struggle, which was released on September 6th. Joel and I talk about how to overcome obstacles or difficult moments. We get into the importance of perspective, how to get yourself to do what it takes, and a lot more insights from Joel's experience as an athlete and successful businessman. Now here's the conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Thank you so much for joining me today, Joel. I'm so excited. Actually, I have to tell you, when I first saw your name come across my inbox to be a guest, I was like, NBA player? I got to call my brother. <laughs> so, <laughs> my Because my brother, I don't talk about him a lot on the show, but my brother is in business with LeBron James. And so anything basketball, because I know nothing about basketball, but anything basketball, I'm like, I got to call my brother because he's going to know something about this. That's so uh, I yeah, was yeah. excited. <laughs> but then, awesome. then I got to say, though, I was even more excited when I saw what you wanted to talk about, because this is a topic I don't even think I've ever even discussed this on the show before around perspective and kind of how we show up in a moment and understand the moment we're in. And so I was even more excited to have you come on and talk about some of the lessons that you've learned and this whole concept that you wrote your book about called filtering. So thank you for joining me today. Mary, thank, thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right. So let's just start where we start, which is what is this concept of filtering and how did you come to it? Yeah, filtering as with the typical form of the process is it's an extraction process. It's, but I use it in regards to emotions. I use it in regards to circumstance. And it's something that I began doing about eight years ago for myself, was just going through a whole lot of life, a very transitory period to where I just was trying to figure out who I was amidst where I was and just had to get a lot of questions answered. And I, I was overwhelmed. That's what really led me to developing this method called filtering, because I had to break things down for myself to be more simplified so that I can truly manage all the feelings I felt, the emotions I felt, the anxiety that I felt, and just trying to run a business and trying to go through relationship troubles that I was having in, the mar in marriage. And it was just a very difficult time. And being a father, which is the most important thing for me. so. I, I had to break these things down and came up with this method that I labeled as filtering to where I literally began leaning into the circumstances, the dark moments, the tough times, as opposed to trying to brush them off. 
and to ignore them or to look away from them, which so many of us would do because they hurt, <laughs> they're painful. But the moment I began leaning into them and questioning them, void of emotion, I was able to see them much clearer and able to honestly see things from different vantage points and perspectives that really opened the door to so many answers. And I began learning so much. I began reading more. I began reading nine books every three weeks during the same time. And it just, it was such a transformative time for me just because I began extracting so much strength and power from the difficulty that I experienced to where what I extracted actually pushed me through to the other side to where those difficult times didn't even bother me anymore. So it was something that I began employing in life and most certainly in business as well. Wow. I mean, I feel like we've all experienced, especially over the past couple of years, some extremely difficult times. And this idea of being able to lean into that in a different way feels almost foreign or impossible. Can you share like the high level kind of what is the mindset or the process of filtering, of kind of taking that step back and being able to lean in as opposed to kind of hide or ignore or brush off the bad things that are going on in your life? Well, what I tell, you know, people often is you you have to train yourself to stop reacting all the time and begin responding, you know, to uh, what you're faced with, you know, from day to day. And, you know, the way I break it down is, you know, again, when you're reacting, you're acting in accordance with an external stimulus. That stimulus now has control over your actions. Your actions are based off of what they've done or the situation has caused. So I just let people know, hey, look, when something happens, let's see if we can reframe or retrain your default thinking, your default reactions, your default process by just taking a breath for a moment. I mean, we can literally in one minute think over 30 thoughts. So if we just give ourselves a quick minute before we do anything, whatever our response may be, let's have it be as void as possible of emotion. You know, emotions are a good thing, but when something difficult happens or unideal, the emotions tend to cloud our judgment. So I just, you know, try to tell people, let's just take a moment in present time, you know, as opposed to waiting on hindsight to reveal to us what we should have done. Let's actually in our present time say, okay, what can I do? How can I filter this moment that I'm in right now to break it down, to maybe see it objectively from another angle, from someone else's point of view? And that has helped me and this helped so many others often just by taking your time. And I know it's not easy to do, when something requires an immediate response, because we think everything has to be immediate nowadays in the Instacart and in the Instagram, you know, generation that we live in now. But taking time is the answer to changing your default process. It's so true. I'm wondering if you have a story or an example, either from your life or from one of your clients or one of your team members who took that moment and actually it made a material difference and they were able to totally change or approach a situation more productively. Absolutely. I mean, there's things in business all all the time. This is something I discuss, I say, probably three or four times a week over the phone with my business partners and, you know, just the people that is pretty much on the downline of of my company. And as far as they'll bring different statistics to me and research to me and, hey, this is going on in our areas, same business that we have going on in, in that area. And they're bringing all this stuff to me about all these other people. And I tell them to stop. 
<laughs> I said, they don't matter. You know, they, uh, what matters most is us saying, okay, those things are taking place. We don't have to look to them anymore. We have to focus on ourselves. All right, let's take a breath. Let's focus on what our product can entail that will draw the market toward us, period. The competition doesn't exist. That's something I discuss all of the time. We have no competition unless we give it to ourselves. Now, there has been moments where I've given us competition on purpose just to drive us, right? You know, I'll bring up a certain, a certain person in the industry or a certain company that's similar to ours just to kind of get, the, you know, everybody riled up a little bit. This is just a little <laughs> sneaky thing that I do <laughs> to create some competition. But generally, I have to calm, you know, other parties down and say, hey, look, let's just relax. What they're doing, they're not stealing com- customers. No one's stealing anything from anyone. Don't contact them. Don't do anything. Just relax. Let's focus on ourselves and build up an amazing product. At that point, who needs to see us will see us. And that's something I've discussed. Literally, we were uh, in Dallas doing business down there. And that came up in association with the NBA team at the Mavericks. I, I remember it. I don't mind speaking about this, but we have camps in the same area. And so many people on our team thought it was competition. I said, no, they're actually helping us. You know, we're in the same facility. I said, let's, let's actually lean into them lean into what they have and actually work alongside them. And it made, it came out amazingly. So uh, just the reassessing of different things helps so much. I love that. I love it looking at that as an opportunity instead of as a, a threat, right? That, that just right. little switch can change everything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. So let's talk about some of the tips and the tactics that you talk about in your book. So the first one that really caught my eye was this concept of pruning. Can you tell us what that is? Absolutely. So, you know, in my book, I give a description of Mr. Miyagi in the Karate Kid movies as far as pruning the bonsai trees. And pruning is so such an important process of, of life or business, whatever you're going through. I, I love to take moments to take a step back and just assess what I have going on, because when you assess a situation, you begin to see what needs to be cut out cut off and just, you know, completely removed from the process because some things are taking up space. Some people are taking up space in regards to different processes, not taking up total space in your life, but everyone doesn't have to be around for every single moment that you have going on, whether it be your closest friend or family member. There's close friends that I've had to remove from different business ventures. I said, okay, they may be in the way here, but I'll keep them around for this other thing that I have going on because that's where they'll fit. But pruning is so important. It's hard to do many times because you may have to cut off a person or put them aside for a moment, but it's, it's, it's needed. It really is needed. Yeah. And I see this all the time with my clients too, when either there's somebody on their team who is really disruptive and toxic and they are like finally coming to the conclusion that like, no, sometimes you have to fire people. Sometimes you do actually have to say like, I've done everything in my power to make try to make this work. This relationship, this person is not supporting the healthy dynamic on this team and we have to we have to create separation or a project that's going and they're like throwing everything at it and there's a time to just say you know what we need to cut this off yeah we got a lot of sunk costs in there but the time has come where we need to reallocate we need to kind of hunker down and we cannot keep throwing ourselves throwing more money more energy more time into something that's not working but it's exactly. it's so hard to do that. It's so hard. So I love this mental model of Mr. Miyagi with, with the pruning. But like sometimes you got to cut it back to allow it to grow. 
Exactly. And, that, and that's that's exactly what happens. That's the result of that cutback. It's, it's allowing it's an investment. That pruning is, a, is an investment because it's going to allow for that future growth. And I remember giving uh, a virtual uh, I had a vir- virtual speaking engagement. This was during, you know, early in the pandemic. And, you know, social distancing was the thing, right? That was thrown out there in every conversation. And I said, look, you guys have to begin pruning and social distancing yourself from other people, not because of, you know, COVID or any, or this and that, but just for sake of progress. I said, so some people you will have to just make, you know, keep your distance from for a season or just for good many times. But, you know, that whole overall pruning process is so much benefit and productivity that comes as a result of it. But a lot of times we just don't want to let go of what we currently possess. But so many times when you let go of things that you currently possess, that's what actually creates more for you. It's decrease. I value decrease just as much as I value increase because when I decrease, it actually opens up more room for increase. So that's just a big part of my processing. I love that. All right. Another one of the concepts that I just loved also was embrace the fatigue and this one more. Can you talk about these two phrases, embrace the fatigue and one more? For sure. I mean, that's that's something that I I gained from athletics, you know, being a basketball player, playing at a professional level. I just picked up on so many things that, again, I apply now in life. I picked up as a result of sports and embracing the fatigue is something that I tell, you know, the youth when I'm working with our, our Nike camps and things like that, because, you know, progress is, is, is hard. Being great is a difficult thing. It's challenging, but it's so rewarding. You know, the other side of, of hard work is beautiful. The other side is, is so fulfilling and gratifying. I just tell them, you have to find a way to push your way through. And usually the thing that will try to stop us is fatigue, mental fatigue, physical fatigue, emotional fatigue. That's the thing. That's that roadblock. That's that wall. And if we just embrace it and say, okay, this is supposed to be a part of this process. This is not a shocker. I'm not shocked that it's here. I'm looking forward to this because once it comes, that means I'm actually working my hardest because it's here now. It's present. So the fact that it's present means I'm doing a great thing. Now let's embrace it, get to the other side of it. And then that's when it actually goes away. I mean, I feel like one, this is like that same shift of perspective that you talked about earlier, right? If we can stop looking at something as being, oh, this this thing that's hard is is a problem into this thing that is hard means I'm on the right path. It means I'm doing the hard work that's going to take to get me to the other side of this. So that mental shift again. And then secondly, I love my Peloton. And I feel like I've heard so many instructors say that exact same thing. They're like, you may not like this right now, but when you get off this bike, you are going to love how you feel. You're going to be so happy that you completed this. And the rest of your day is going to go so much better because you pushed through it. And it's that same reminder that we have to find the strength to get through that fatigue that like, I'm ready to be done. Every part of me is saying like, give up. And you've got to say, keep going. It's it's amazing. Like fighting through fatigue is one, it, it really is one of the most fulfilling things ever like fighting through fatigue because you you know once once you do it it's, it's like the biggest pat on the back for yourself you know you, you know you did something that most aren't willing to do and when you whenever you do anything that most aren't willing to do that means you're doing something great 
you just went and did the extraordinary, the extraordinary. You know, you're not doing anything ordinary at that point, which is an awesome feeling. And that's that's what I I pursue every single day. I, I mean it. You know, I I told I tell people a lot that I don't pursue happiness any longer uh, at all. I pursue fulfillment because I feel like happiness is always that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But I'm always looking at that thing that that connects me to happiness, which is fulfillment. Like I, I don't enjoy always, always waking up at 4.45 or 5 a.m. in the morning, but I do it because it's fulfilling. You know, I'm not happy to do it. My pillow feels amazing. My bed feels <laughs> amazing. But, but when I wake up, I know by 5, 10, I'm, I'm so fulfilled because I'm like, you know what? I'm up, I'm brushing my teeth. At this hour of the morning, everybody else I know is still asleep or the most or the majority of the people are still asleep. And I know I'm about to get to work on something amazing. And that's why I do it. I don't do it because I'm happy to do it. I do it because it's fulfilling. And that's just it's, it's, it's such a thing to focus on for myself that keeps me going from day to day. And it's funny you mentioned the one more, you know, that that's what I, I tell myself that I right, do it one more time. Do it again. I, I love to focus on one thing at a time because I, I do I do quite a bit uh, as far as I'm probably in three or four different industries of work. So I have to only focus on one thing at a time. But with the, the one more mentality that came about as a result of, of playing basketball, play for a national championship team in college. And I hated the mentality at first because it, it was surprising and unwanted i'll say that you know our coach said all right guys we have you know 10 reps or 20 reps of this thing and we knock it out he said all right one more and we're already dead tired one more and what we'll end up doing is if we had initially 10 reps we end up doing 17 18 or 19 reps because he wanted to get our absolute best he didn't want to get the standard he didn't want to get the typical he didn't want to get what everyone else is able to get he wanted to get from us what we are able to give, you know, like he wanted us to go as hard as we could, not as hard as we felt at that moment. And so by continually telling ourselves, all right, give one more, read one more page, do one more extra this or that, you're getting the best out of yourself as opposed to just getting the bare minimum. And that mentality, I teach my my nine-year-old son that now. He knows if daddy says, okay, we have 10 of something or okay, you have to read 10 pages of this. <laughs> It's fun. He laughs at it now. He didn't laugh at it early on. But when we get to the 10th page, it's all right, let's read one more page. And we read 11 pages. And it's that extra that separates you, that separates your company from everyone else when you do that one more thing, because everyone else isn't doing that. I love that. And I, you know, I feel like I've kind of unintentionally done that in different moments in my life, especially when I'm doing something that I really don't want to do. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. if I just do, like when I was writing my book and I was like, okay. Just write one more page, just write Mm -hmm. one more page and then you can stop. Or when I'm working on something hard and I'm just like, okay, give it one more minute. Like I keep looking at my watch. Mm -hmm. Okay, one more minute. Just do it for one more minute. And then like you just, you find that you do have more to give if you Mm -hmm. can just get over that little hump. And if you make it small enough, right, you make the increment small enough. One more, write one more paragraph, right? Read one more page, spend one more minute. I just, I love this. Okay, I want to shift gears a little bit and, and talk about how have you brought your team along your, in your business to have the same shared mentality? Because it's one thing for us as managers to say, like, 
this is this is what it means for me to be a leader. Like I'm going to look at obstacles and challenges in a different light. I am going to push myself through fatigue. I am going to encourage myself to just give it that little bit extra. But getting our team members to do that is not always so easy. So do you have any tips or approaches for how you've brought other people along with you to share this mentality? Well, you're spot on. It is not easy (laughs) at all, especially as your team grows. You know, it it makes it even more difficult because now you have even more of a, a, you know, varied perspective on board and opinions and, and, you know, just point of views. But that's the challenge that I enjoy. I have about 35 people that answers directly to me in my company. So it's, it's, it's something that I, I've taken on and say, okay, you know what, how, how can I get them all on board again, like you mentioned, with this perspective, whenever they're confronted with something, this and that. So I, I, give, I give a ton of personal experience. That's one thing I do. I mean, I know that that's what they'll connect with. I give a ton of experiences of my, of my quote unquote failures to them in ways that I've bounced back from them. And a corny little thing that I do is I send out little motivational things all the time, you know, in, in our email, our emails, I'll throw a little quote in there. And on our Zoom talks, we, you know, in the past couple of years, since things, you know, began going virtual, that has been a blessing for our company. We begin connecting more when everything went virtual. We weren't doing that many Zooms before that point, but since things had to go virtual, as a group, we we connected, and I begin really just letting them know this this what I'm about to say is what I, I've went and I've spoken on stages and, and let different organizations know this 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 mindset that I'm about to mention is a game changer. But I let my team know simply that we weren't put here to make all the bad stuff good. Like I, I really feel that all the bad stuff was put here to make us better, to improve us, to refine us. So what I do is I tell our team, let's not focus on trying to fix all of this bad. Let's see first, initially, how it can help us. Okay, we got something from it. Now, let's see how we can maybe refine it or if we have to try to remove it. But we don't have to try to fix and make all the bad good. Let's actually see what we can create from that. Because half of these things that are put here that we call bad are actually here to help improve us. What a different way to see hardship or obstacles and frustrations and setbacks is to actually say, these things are a chance for me to learn and grow and improve myself. Not uh, these things are in my way and stopping me from achieving my dreams and making my life so hard and I should probably just give up. That shift, that's a real mindset shift to be able to look at it and say, this is how I get better is by dealing with these hard things. Yeah, I, I think we spend a lot of time, and again, this sounds a little off key because you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt and kind of look at each situation differently or individually, but we spend a lot of time trying to fix things that may not need to, you know, we may not need to allocate time toward fixing it. We need to first just, again, lean into it and say, okay, well, how can this thing help me first? What can I get from it initially? And then, okay, now since I got the lesson from this thing. Now, okay, let's look to either fix or remove or just focus our attention on overall creation of something that's better. And that's one thing that I'm big on on okay, this is may not may not be working. Okay, 
a fix is important when it comes to different situations. Obviously, a relationship. Okay, let's look to fix this. But other situations, like okay, let's see what it can do to help us, or let's actually just remove the situation altogether. Let's create something new. I'm big on creation. I'm big on creativity, and that's one thing I, I drive our team on all of the time. I say, look, what can we create? What can we recreate? And we have brainstorming sessions, and that's just a, that's been a, a huge thing for us to where we have brainstorming sessions as a group. And I love even more so when I have my individual sessions with you know the different directors we have on board. But I feel like we spend too much time, a lot of overtime, on the fixing of different things to where it's like, okay, we can allocate that time elsewhere. Amazing. All right. So, Joel, tell us about a great manager that you worked for and what made this person such a fantastic boss. Well, I would say, you know, that was, it has to be the coach that I mentioned earlier who gave me the one more mentality, uh, Coach Bill Lewis. And he found a way to make me dig down. I'm talking about to the recesses of areas I didn't even know I possessed, you know, physically, but beyond that, mentally. You know, he, he broke me down to the point to where, I felt I felt like I was already a great athlete, a great basketball player by the time I got to him in college, but he made me start from scratch. And that was an amazing feeling. It was humbling because he, he made me, he took me down to, <laughs> to the dirt of the earth. It's like, okay, you know, you, you're actually not anything right now. And he, he was big on intentionally challenging his athletes mentally to see if he can break them. A number of my teammates in the preseason left. They couldn't handle it. And we ended up winning the national championship that year, won 29 straight games and did some amazing feats. But with him instilling the one more mentality in me, instilling within me that my initial thought of what I can do is nowhere near what I actually can do, that made me see life from a whole other angle because I always questioned my initial thought of myself at that point and my capability. So if I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to go ahead and get 200 shots up a day. Immediately, I say, I can probably actually do 400. So I'm saying I can do 200 because that's what everyone else does. That's what's on paper. That's what's on the internet. That's what's suggested. Typically, if you specialize in a certain area, you are actually able to do double the amount of what's standard and what's written on paper and what's suggested online. Just to give you guys a heads up, the, the many managers that may be listening to this, the leaders, the things that are written on paper are not for you. You can do much more than that. And once I realized that, that's when I began to have, you know, what I call success of success. I just began winning, in essence, time and time again. Wow. What a wonderful lesson to learn, especially at such a young age. That's awesome. That was helpful. Yeah, it was helpful. Awesome. And lastly, where can people learn more about you, get a copy of your book and all that good stuff? Well, uh, you can visit my website, joelbgreen.com. Uh, I'm also on Instagram quite a bit at jgreenplt. That's J-A-Y green P-L-T. I'm on Facebook, Joel Green Official. And um, you can find my book on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, and getting some amazing feedback right now, which is so fulfilling. It's, I'm just glad it's helping people. It, it, it's, I discussed just early hardships of, you know, growing up in an abandoned home and, you know, being 10 feet away from a shooter when I was uh, six years old and 
you know, just having to overcome losing my older brother tragically, just different things that I had to overcome and how life made me shift perspective. It's all in there and, and how I was able to grow business. And I'm just glad it's helping people out. So you guys, you know, definitely hope you get a copy and feel free to let me know what you think about it. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for sharing your story today and the tips and the practices that you have gathered and cultivated to help people get past these challenging obstacles. Thank you. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Patron members of the Modern Manager and participants in the Skills Accelerator get a special set of graphics with mindset messages that you can use as the background for your computer or your phone or print out as little mini posters to put in your workplace. To get these graphics, become a member at themodernmanager.com slash join or join the Skills Accelerator at themodernmanager.com slash skills dash accelerator. All the links are in the show notes and they can be delivered to your inbox along with the episode transcript when you subscribe to my newsletter. Find that at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rockstar boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.